Welcome back to Onward, an interview series with Scott Sherrard. Hi, I'm Greg Thompson. In our fourth and final segment, recorded while Scott was preparing for a second day of recording at Fame Studios in Muscle Shoals, we covered a range of topics, including how playing with some of the musical legends of Muscle Shoals and Memphis will be influencing the recording process on Scott's new album. Well, how is this going to influence being in these great places, playing with these wonderful people that, like you said, accomplished so many things? And of course yourself, how has this influenced what you're going to be doing on this record? Well, it happened. We had our first day of tracking yesterday. I was talking to my wife this morning about this, and I, I said she, she really understands music. She has a very, very deep and incredible ear. You know, she said, well, well, what happened? You know, describe the tracks. I said, I will never be able to describe to you what these guys did to my songs. So I'm just going to say the same thing to you now. And I, I got to mention Chad Gamble, who I didn't talk about today at Muscle Shoals, who's one of my favorite drummers, young guy, you know, he's been with Jason Isbell forever. He's from here. He's from the area. He lives in, here in Florence, Alabama. Chad's playing is so, so deep and so gorgeous. I mean, he's like, he's like the fucking Jim Keltner of Southern drumming, man. You know, uh-huh. he's got so, such a sound yeah. and such a wide pocket mm-hmm. and so, so much sensitivity. So... You know, to bring all that to bear at once on the three tracks we did yesterday and, and have my buddies here, Moses Petru, uh, who's playing percussion and singing and also playing some drums on the record, and Eric Finland, who plays B3 in my mm-hmm. road band uh, that lives up in New York. They're here and they're cutting on every song and, you know, watching Eric and Spooner have dinner together and have Eric just because Eric's a young guy and he's here soaking it up with him. And there's this whole kind of cultural exchange that's going on. How do you describe that? So really, it's kind of more than a record. It kind of goes back to the beginning of our conversation where you're talking about Greg and all of these folks that, you know, he touches base with, even those that are gone on a daily basis, listening to blues and carrying on the tradition. So, you know, the experience is more than recording for you, it sounds like. It always needs to be. It's always more than a gig, too, with my band. And I see this in a lot of bands now. You know, people like Tedeschi Trucks Band, for example. I mean, to me, right now, they're the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra of rock and roll. Yeah, they're the... So when you see the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra play Count Basie and Duke Ellington, Mm -hmm. it's like watching Tedeschi Trucks play Joe Cocker's Mad Dogs or Allman Brothers or Santana. Like, they're the Mm -hmm. best practitioners of the style at this point and you watch Derek on stage and I know you have and he makes sure that everybody is included and I know that in your approach with the Greg Allman band that I've seen you make sure that everybody has a spot and I mean it would be so easy for a guitar player to go oh here's my solo and you just kind of wait back and and I've always loved that about Derek and I, I guarantee that I know where he learned that from you know because I learned it from the same place I learned it from being around Greg also you know the limited time I've spent around like JMO you know being around those guys even getting to know you know getting to know Chank man mm-hmm. you know Chank Middleton who's like Greg's best friend, and he always tours with him, and he's such an integral part of the vibe of what the gig is. Mm -hmm. And you start to realize that it's a family, it's a way of life being a musician, and then when you drill down into an actual musical family, like the Allman Brothers musical family, it gets even deeper. Those guys, I'm sure it all started with Dwayne. It brings it all full circle, because they all talk about him like, he's the ultimate facilitator. He pulled the best out of everyone and everything around him. And he shot it back in everybody's face. For my money, he is probably the, the only band leader that, you know, made such an impact for two years when he was among them. But 
his influence went on for another 43 years and it continues today, which is an incredible testament to his legacy and what he's meant to rock and roll. You know, from 67 to 70, 71, there were a lot of shooting stars, man. Mm -hmm. Hendrix, three-year career. Sure. He had a three-year professional career as a solo artist. Yeah. So, you know, when you look at that, I mean, that's, again, it comes back to that word zeitgeist. I mean, that particular time was so tumultuous and insane. Culturally, in America and in the world, I think we're in another one now. So (laughs) my great hope is that we are going to see perhaps a five-year renaissance. And I hope to see it from young people. And I think the best that people like the Tedeschi Trucks Band or Gary Clark or Doyle Bramall or all these people out here who I admire so much who are who are carrying the torch. And, you know, I'm hoping my band can do whatever we can in this whole scene. But we're all of a certain age. You know, we're all in our 30s and 40s. So what I'm my greatest hope, and again, this goes back to the education portion of it, is to see the kids grab some torches and guitars and get on it. Yeah, today the gold top arrives, and we're talking about Dwayne here, and you're going to be playing the gold top in the Muscle Shoals studio in the same room, probably, that Dwayne went to Wilson Pickett, and they came up with Hey Jude, and that was really kind of the catapult for Dwayne's career because that's what caught Eric Clapton's ear, that's what led to Layla and a lot of things. I know you've played it before, we talked about it, but when you're holding an instrument in Muscle Shoals studio and you being a student of music history and knowing what you're doing and what we've talked about, what do you think that's going to be like? You know, I'm not going to try to quantize it at all. Again, you can't define, you know, talking about music in general is really hard. And when you put that much history well, literally in your hands, you just have to go, who am I? You can't say, you know, I'm going to do this for him. Because mm-hmm. you can't. Because you, can you can never measure yourself against that achievement. So all you can do is say, all right, I've gotten this far. I'm holding this instrument. I'm here. The biggest thing for me, man, is right now I'm here. I'm with my friends. And I'm with, you know, new friends and old friends. And the vibe is just so open and loving and amazing. And I'm just going to go in there and, you know, try to get that thing to sing as much as I can and do my best. And then tomorrow I'm going to wake up and go somewhere else and do something else. And that's just what making music is. You just, all you can do is be who you are in the moment and embrace the moment. It's like being a monk, man. (laughs) Well, and as we wrap up here, what do you want to say to your fans and everybody who's participated in this, the Pledge Music campaign that have helped you to make this a reality. I mean, you are here in Muscle Shoals recording, and it was the pledge drive that principally got you here. And you've provided some really cool experiences for people. There are are things out there that people can participate in. This is gonna be released right in the final days of the campaign. And there are nice things that, you know, that people are gonna get when the album comes out. Say, you know, mention in the liner notes and sign things. I mean, you guys have, really put together a great program and it is something that again you've done for the fans we talk about make albums for the fans but the fact that it's been so transparent the fans have participated 
and you're here making this and doing it, what can you say? Well, of course, you know, I have the deepest gratitude for anyone who gives us anything at this point, you know? Uh, <laughs> we're, we're doing this, this is a mom and pop act. We've all, in, in, in essence, have day jobs. Some of us literally, some of us, you know, just other gigs that we do. Red Hawk Films who's here filming us. I mean, the, these guys are tremendous, man. Mm -hmm. They've got a documentary, hopefully it'll come out soon. Uh, called Sidemen, uh, mm -hmm. Long Road to Glory, that's about uh, some of my early mentors from when I was a kid in Milwaukee, Hubert Sumlin in particular, and also Willie Big Eye Smith and Pine Top Perkins. You know, those guys are, are they're donating their time to be here. Mm -hmm. And they're incredible filmmakers, man. So from that to the pledge drive, you know, people who are, who are doing it for maybe a signed CD, it all means the same amount in the end to me that anyone would contribute anything it makes a huge difference and and hopefully you know we can live up to everyone's expectations uh we're, we're doing our very best and we we love making music all of us not that you're not already inspired by what you're doing but knowing that people have you know opened themselves up and reached out to you with this does that give you a little bit of extra inspiration uh as you go forward on this sure it does and we've been feeling it at our gigs a lot too i mean I guarantee that a lot of the supporters that are on there are people who've been coming to our shows in the New York area. And the shows in the New York area this year have been unbelievable. Mm -hmm. They've been like church revivals. I've never had gigs like this over and over and over again. I mean, we've had a dozen gigs this year at least that were just, I would walk off the stage drenched in sweat and just elated. Yeah. I, I've never had that much inspiration and it's coming from the audience you well, know as well, it, well. It seems not like, just the band you know well it seems like everything's coming together for you because again you talk about you've kind of been a sponge all of these years you've you know and, and it's been a process for you and this year as you've said it's been an incredible year where it seems like everything's come together it has and hopefully you know like I said before hopefully the the, the album we're making will be a reflection of that because you know an, an album is essentially it's a snapshot of a place in time mm -hmm. i was just talking to spooner oldham yesterday we were cutting this song of mine called she can't wait and i, I wrote the song 20 years ago and it was funny because i remember i you know i wrote the song when i was like 19 20 years old and when i was writing it i was trying to write like a bobby womack song that was mm -hmm. recorded at fame mm -hmm. when i back then yeah. and spooner you know he was, he's such a kind and just like well-spoken man to talks just like he plays mm -hmm. And he laid this incredible shit on the track, man. I, again, you have to hear it to understand it. He, the guy's like the Eric Satie of soul music or something. He's just got this beautiful, sparse, generous, far-reaching melodies in this Wurlitzer on a tune that's kind of a funky, bouncy soul track sort of thing. And he said to me at the end of the final take, he's like, man, I really like this song. It's great. He's like, when did you write this? I said, I wrote this 20 years ago. You know, it's like, in some ways I could have been here. You know, I told Greg the same thing the first year I was in his band. He's like, you know, man, you really know how to play all this shit. I said, Greg, I could have joined this band when I was 16. You probably wouldn't know the difference between how I'm playing now and then. So, you know, uh, it's a bigger conversation and a longer story to talk about, you know, how I got to where we're sitting right now. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you, it's been it's been a hell of a beating. And I'm sure I'm glad that we are here. Thank you very much for listening to Onward, an interview series with Scott Sherrard. I thoroughly enjoyed producing this series, and I want to thank Scott Sherrard for his time and his perspective. I also want to thank Scott's management team, 
especially his manager Jesse, for the time and the assistance he provided in making this project happen. To find out the latest news on Scott, please visit his website, scottsherrard.com. To see and hear other work from my catalog, please visit missingwordsolutions.com.